um, I think is really important, just being being aware of the benefits and pitfalls of how you receive information. You know, like me being active on Twitter means I probably hear about things at least a week before people who <laughs> are just on Facebook. And <laughs> it's kind of a joke at this point, but it's kind of true. Like we, we get information a lot more quickly, but at the same time, um, I don't want to be on social media all the time because like it's, it, it's one of many things that can dictate what you think. Um, so I try to like balance that with like, I'm, I'm, I'm reading, I'm back to reading more often. Um, I'm writing, I'm like reading articles that I choose to read based on publications I like. And I'm trying to like ignore a lot of the fluff, a lot of the things that just don't pertain to me. Welcome to the Uncensored Show with your host, George Atchampal, where we share the mindset, tips, tools, strategies, and stories on how to use your money to do more of what you love and what you were called to do. Money is like gas on a road trip. Sure, you need it to get where you're going, but you're not going on a tour of gas stations. Money fuels your journey. The question is, what's yours? Live life uncensored. What's going on, guys? Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Uncensored Podcast. And on today's show, we got a chance to sit down with a very special guy. Um, I've had a chance to tap in with him for probably the better part of three and a half years. And it's been phenomenal to see how much his platform continues to grow and how much of a light he is in the social ecosystem. Um, And it was also very interesting because he identifies as a writer And it's not every day that you meet someone that identifies as a writer. Right. And what that revealed to me is that he has such a passion um, for the art of writing. And if you've ever had the luxury or pleasure of reading any of his social media posts, then you'll see that he is indeed the caption killer. Um, So it was really great catching up with him, learning a little bit more about who he is, what he does, um, what is life like now after being engaged What are some of the things he's most excited about going into the rest of 2020, despite the pandemic and um, just the mindset of of an entrepreneur who kind of has, you could say, an expertise in navigating the social landscape and giving us some insight on how we should be thinking about things. So this is a great episode for you guys who just really want to learn a little bit more about the art of connecting uh, online and to hear from someone who does it authentically and someone who has a passion for it. You don't want to miss today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Uncensored Show, right? So now we are still in the midst of the global pandemic. Um, So I'm curious to see how many of these episodes I'm going to do um, in this season. But nonetheless, the show doesn't stop, literally. Um, And today we have a very special guest. I've been kind of virtually connected with them for a while um, and was very fortunate enough to to have him on the show. Uh, you know, great conversations ahead. I, I've seen some of the work that he's done uh, via social media, and he's really doing some great things. So I was honored uh, for him to come on the show. And with no further ado, Mikael Clark. How you doing, man? Yes, sir. I'm doing good. How are you? Doing good. And, and I didn't even ask. I normally ask. Did I pronounce your name right? I'm not going to lie, bro. I got nervous. I was like, wait, did I tell him? But she got it right. I got it I right. Feel, okay. I feel like I've done something now. 
know? Yeah, awesome, awesome. Because I was like, man, because I hate getting people's names wrong because I have like a long last name um, that people yeah. butcher from time to time. I was like, so I try to go out my way to make sure that I don't say people's name wrong. But, who? Nah, man. Glad you we got it. Now you got to write. <laughs> awesome, man. So I know everybody, you know, you guys heard the formal intro that I always do in the beginning of the episode, but. You know, for those who don't know you, I always like to give people the opportunity just to share in their own words who they are and what they're all about. Sure. Um, I'm Mikkel, Mikkel C. Clark. Um, I'm a writer. I think that's the, the skill that is allowed me to move forward in life in a number of different ways. Um, I'm a conqueror. I've been challenged by a lot of surprises in life. And I think that I've really been defined in how I respond to those things and how I heal. Um, I'm a social media strategist. I do that in a number of different areas of life um, for myself and for others. And I am an author. I wrote a book called Keep It 100, the daily affirmation book, and it's my sarcastic, irreverent take on affirmations. Um, yeah, that's it. Love it, love it, love it, love it, man. Um, so you got a few moving parts going on, a lot of exciting stuff. Uh, so you said writing is kind of what is your claim to fame, if you will, right? So at what point did you know? Because you don't really hear many people say that they're a writer, right? You might hear people say that they blog, that they're. You did. You did say you're an author, which is a natural, obviously, correlation. But you don't. At least I don't. Maybe you're in that ecosystem, but I don't often hear people lead with that so at what point did you know like yeah writing is my thing and i can attest to that because i read some of your captions he's the caption killer um Man, so you know he, yeah he, he can write now but i'm just curious when did you know i think that the, the thought first got put into my head at a very young age um like i was i was reading so many books like every day when i was like even in like first second third grade you know like that was the thing my parents put me on to early. Um, so I knew it then, and I actually had, um, you, do you remember like MS-DOS computers, like the little blue screen computers? Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. So I remember this to this day. It's probably one of the earliest memories I have in my head. But when I was like really young, I would like copy random articles and paste them in a document and then like type a few things there, like here and there, and say that I wrote a book. Um, ah. That was like even even little kid me knew when he didn't want to be an astronaut he wanted to be a writer. <laughs> Got it. Um, and then I think the second realization came. This is like much closer to the present. This is probably 2017, 2018. And um, at that point, I had you know I had done my own thing. I had been out of my job for about a year, and I had done enough to be tired of a lot of what I was doing, right? Because when you become like fully self-employed, you have to do a lot of different things for yourself. And um, oftentimes the things that get you paid aren't what you're passionate about. So I found myself in a space where I was feeling like, okay, I've had to do all these different things, but I don't feel like I'm able to sit down and do what is most impactful based on, you know, my skill set. Like, I'm just, I'm posting just to post, you know, on social media and stuff like that. So around then, 2017, 2018, is when I really got dialed back in on, like, this is my original skill set, and I want to hone this in different ways, like, for the sake of the craft, 
and not just, you know, for the profit, not just for social media. That's a very small, you know, window into writing. Got it. Got it. Okay. Now that makes sense. And it's super cool. I think if we all kind of really look back, at least I know myself, you know, me being a financial advisor, I didn't, I definitely did not know um, at the time when I was in elementary school that I wanted to be a financial advisor. But when I look Mm -hmm. back at some of my behaviors, right? Like uh, I I remember I was like cutting grass and around the neighborhood and and got a little bit of money. And for for whatever reason, my family found out and they knew and then I even though in that young age I didn't know what the word interest meant but I had uh, cousins or even aunts and uncles that would ask to borrow money from me in, in elementary school and I was like sure as long as you give me more back than I gave you originally mm-hmm. right and this is and this is in uh, is in elementary school and so you know just kind of looking back to moments like that and then me just being so frugal not wanting to spend money on Power Rangers or anything <laughs> back in the day yeah uh, it's just funny how it all it all plays out. So I'm always interested in those stories. Thank you for sharing. Crazy man, you were giving out loans before you could drink. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's crazy because I never saw it as a profession. I always thought I was going to be um, doing something like marketing, which I ended up doing for a little bit with Coca Cola, but ultimately uh, led me back to I guess what my true true passion was. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so one of the, one of the things that initially um, really let me, like I guess, get into your work and the things that you were about, and it was a number of years ago. So you have to forgive me if I can't remember the exact, um, exactly how you articulated it. But you had shared a, an article, kind of on your entrepreneurial journey. Um, I, I, I would, if I if I was guessing, it'd have to be twenty twenty seven end of twenty sixteen twenty seventeen is when I came across it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I was like, man, this was a very, you know, meaningful um, article. I really liked the way that you articulated the things that you shared. And so because it was so well put together, you know, I was curious if you would just, you know, take us through a little bit of that. Just like what you what you have learned, you know, becoming an entrepreneur and some of the things that you've, you know, kind of encountered on this journey. Man, so many things. (laughs) Like, I feel like I literally aged at twice the speed since I left my job, and that was summer 2016. I think that some of the biggest things I've learned um, as an entrepreneur since that moment, the biggest thing I think of is, like, how many times you have to change the plan. Um, Like, I think that I've always been very determined and if I'm not careful, that that can become stubbornness, right? Like, you want to stick to something, you want to accomplish this one thing, and if you're not careful, you get locked in on the same message, um, which is wild because the world is always changing. The things that work now were, like, out of the question, like, two years ago, if not six months ago, you know, in some cases. Um, so I had to learn at some point that, you know, the, the systems that I wanted to use, the goals that I wanted to set, um, the editors that I wanted to pitch to, like all those things had to continuously change. And I had to value the results over my pride or, you know, me wanting to be able to say like, I had this plan, I stuck to it. Like that's not, that's not the most important thing. Right. Um, so flexibility. Um, and then I would say, actually asking for help um it's not a bad thing it's not a character flaw there's nothing wrong with it and in fact it's a big part of anybody's journey right 
Um, I come from, you know, I'm, I, I come from a well-off background. My parents did well. I didn't have to like ask for much as a kid. And somewhere along the way, I think the blessings that I had been given and the opportunities that I had um, made me a bit hungry to prove that I could do things on my own without, you know, insert advantage here. Right. Um, for a while, that turned into me trying to do everything myself, trying to learn everything myself and being scared to ask people who, you know, who I've been helping and who I'm friends with, like in real life, not just on social media for help. Like I was scared to to ask them for simple favors. Um, and I got to a point where, you know, um, between my, my, my fiance um, and a lot of folks in my life had to like kind of push me to be like, no, like we, we can help you with this. Um, it's a reciprocal relationship. You don't have to journey alone. And in fact, like we're stronger when we work together and when we synergize and combine efforts and skills and resources and all those things. So I'm still kind of learning this one. <laughs> I struggle with it to this day, but I know in my heart and I know in my mind that I don't have to be alone in my journey. 100%. 100%. I think we're all um, learning that right now, right? Like we're all kind of forced to stay at home if we're listening and I hope everybody is listening because we see that what happens when you don't and I've been so inspired by the creativity the innovation and the willingness to just be connected still right um whether it's through social I think everybody unless you're under a rock you know DJ was it D nice had a hundred and fifty thousand people show up for a virtual uh party I mean, like I mean just and, and that and that's why people I think even in the midst of this season, like just can't get discouraged because um, one of my favorite quotes is on the brink of hardship sparks creativity and innovation. And I think what we're going to see in this season after this is over, because there naturally will be some residual impact on the economy um, and just how we view things like, you know, things won't be the same after this. And um, I'm just I'm, I'm very excited to see the positive side of that. Right. Because obviously there's some some things that aren't as favorable, but I think there's a lot of positive that we can expect um, to come out of this. And I'm just very excited to see how it all unfolds. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's a fine line between like I would never, ever say this is a good thing that's happened. Right. Right. You know, and you got to read the room and like know what's happening. But I do believe that it's our responsibility um, to find the good in every change. Because it's going to happen whether we want it to or not. The world's going to keep spinning and these things are going to happen. Um, so whether we're entrepreneurs or not, I would say people in general, it's best for us all like, to just keep looking for the opportunities that might be silver lining, might not be as apparent, uh, but to keep looking for and thinking about those. Hundred percent, hundred percent. It's all about life. Is ten uh, percent what happens to you, and ninety percent how you respond to it, right? So we have Reach. to choose. We have to choose our response. We have a response ability. We have an ability to choose how we respond. So I think it's going to be very key how how we yeah. do that. Yep. Yeah. Well, cool, man. Um, so I know you mentioned that you're a social media strategist, right? And like I, I already um, mentioned earlier that you have some of the the most entertaining, uh, funny uh, uh, captions. 
you do a really good job with social media. Um, so right now, everybody, because, you know, we can't physically be social, we're really having to use social media probably for what it's really for. Right. And so my question for you as the social media guy, if you will, um, what what can people be doing right now? So let's just say you are a business owner and you want to be thoughtful because there's a delicate line right right now of how do I still, you know, maintain a certain level of activity? Because, you know, hopefully if my business, whether my business has been impacted or not, I want to remain relevant and out there. How do I do that in a delicate way while still being mindful and thoughtful about what's happening in the world? Right. What's your perspective on that? Yeah, I think my first thought is to lead with empathy. Um, you know, it's it's difficult for business owners and it's difficult for everyone, right? So, yeah. of course, if you own a business, if you run a brand or whatever else, like, you might be worried, uh, you know, like if you're full-time or even if you're not about, like, a good chunk of your, your revenue, your livelihood um, being, like, limited severely because people are, you know, unemployed, people are hurt, you know, whatever else. Um, I think the most important thing is to not let, like, any of your fear um, limit your ability to to communicate and to market with empathy, right? Like, people are going to remember the way brands and companies and uh, leaders respond, like, for a very long time. It's, it's never happened before. Um, so, I mean, I, I would start by taking a real hard look at what needs to be true for your business, right? Like, if you recognize that you need to make money during this time and you find that the products you sell or the services you sell aren't really working out right now, um, they're not like essential for people who have lost their jobs or whatever else, um, I would take a step back. Um, I would one, think about how to like sustain yourself, like how to survive, right? Like, like you have to have enough to be able to get by, like I said before, like to meet your mass lows. Um, so I'd figure out how to take care of that. Um, and then I would focus on really trying to help and like provide value to your audience over trying to sell to them. Um, so like I've seen a number of companies, you know, offering uh, you know, free food or whatever else, um, if they're a restaurant and, and stuff like that. Um, and it, it's not going to make the most sense for like your bottom line, which is profit, but nobody's, nobody's bottom line is great right now. Um, so I would focus on leading with empathy, uh, talking to people, talking to individual customers, you know, opening your DMs, opening your phone lines, um, your email, whatever else. And like engaging authentically and you know not trying to be polished or whatever else like you can you can be real um you can of course like say what should be said and not just go off on any changes but you can also like communicate um authentically like in these moments and um you know when it when it comes to trying to drive business still i would i would think about offering things that speak to this moment, um, not just like your regular offerings, like in the same way that the entire world has seemed to change in the past month, like 
your business probably should too. Because like the, the, the literal nature of the audience you're trying to reach has changed. Like their temperament, like probably their income, if you look at their mean income, it's probably changed in about a month, right? Like their access, their mobility. Um, so you're probably going to be speaking to people who don't want to spend a lot, who are health conscious, who are frankly scared, um, who are stuck in the house. So I think about providing solutions for those people. 100%. I, I, I agree wholeheartedly um, because like we talked about before we hopped on, uh, my business you know, hasn't necessarily been um, impacted just as just of yet. Um, hopefully it doesn't. But uh, one of the first things I thought about is like, how can I provide value right now? How can I be a resource? How can mm-hmm. I calm tensions or anxiety with what I do? Because, you know, everybody has their own, you know, ministry. Um, and, but you can use your platform um, to serve the people, you know, that you engage with in an in a authentic and meaningful way in this season. So I agree. A hundred percent. So I'm glad, you know, I just, I just made an educated guess. <laughs> I'm glad that, uh, um, that, uh, it aligns with uh, the direction that you would give. It's good to know. I mean, likewise, I think that we both, um, we cover different sides of a coin, but it's, I think it's interesting to hear that we're thinking about it in the same way. Um, but yeah, that's, that's good. Um, and I would love to see, you know, if you offer like, you know, like a free ebook or something with some insights into, you know, how to, how to manage financially and like what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Yeah. Um, you know, I like based on what you need, like how does, how to spend this stimulus check if and when it does come, you know, like all those things. Yeah. Huge. Yeah. I'll probably have to do another one. Cause to your point, one of the things that I did um, a couple of weeks ago when everybody, cause I saw so much um, stuff about, Oh, you should be investing right now. Now's the time to buy. You know, rich people are mm-hmm. buying stocks, poor people are buying toilet paper. And I was like, okay, okay, let me, let me put something out here. Um, and, I, and I created an ebook around that. I was just like, hey, you know, well, first I created a thread of tweets and just in advance mm-hmm. of that, just to say, hey, look, this is not the thing you want to have FOMO on. Yes. Is there opportunity, if you will, to invest right now? Sure. There's really always opportunity to invest. But right now, you really want to make sure that your foundation is secure, regardless of what everybody's telling you and all these hot stock recommendations that you're getting, like there's, you know, a series of things that you want to make sure that you've thought about um, prior mm-hmm. to just, you know, jumping in the stock market because everybody's talking about it. So I, I wanted to kind of like let people know it's OK if you don't know if you're investing right now or if you should or if you can. Right. Like mm-hmm. right now is the time to, you know, evaluate your emergency savings right now is the time to have clarity. If your job is going to be impacted right now is to make sure you understand how your health insurance works. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause a lot of us young, healthy millennials think that we're invincible and you know, God forbid we actually have to use our health insurance. Right. What is that going to look like? You'd be surprised how many people just check the box at open enrollment time. And so there's a right. number of things that we should be thinking about in advance of yes, a notable opportunity to, to build wealth for sure. But don't feel like you're missing out just because you haven't done that yet. And this is a great time to reevaluate a few things, you know, so I created something around that um, that was pretty well received. Um, But to your point, I do think I'm going to create something else uh, to speak to the stimulus package and all that kind of stuff. So thank you. I'll have to I have to do that. This podcast episode is sponsored by Battery Exchange. 
And let me tell you a little bit about Battery Exchange. I'm actually really good friends with the founder of the company, and the company is great, right? Because if anybody knows me, my phone always dies. I mean, all the time, no matter what. And so what they do is they help you live life charged. Why? How do they help you do that? So they have smart kiosks around the city where basically you pull out your phone, you search where the kiosk is located, and it'll show you where the kiosks are, and you can basically check out a portable battery, right, for a nominal cost. So whether you're out on a town with friends, you're at a concert, uh, you know, you're out to dinner and you're like, man, my phone's about to die. Instead of having to ask the bartender, hey, can you plug my phone up behind the bar or trying to figure out where you're, you know, you can plug your phone up. You can just locate one of those kiosks, check out a battery, charge on the go. You don't have to worry about your phone being somewhere else or your phone actually being dead, which is the worst possible outcome. And literally, um, it charges, you know, very, very rapidly. I actually got a chance to use it uh, multiple times and it works really, really well. And they're going to help people stay connected, right? Because if we're being honest, our cell phones are a vital component of our everyday life. So if you haven't checked it out before, check out Battery Exchange. Uh, they are rapidly expanding. So kiosks will be popping up everywhere before you know it. Um, but if a kiosk is available near you and your phone is about to die, don't fret because Battery Exchange is here to save the day. All right, so I know that you uh, recently got engaged, man. Congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Man, I, I remember um, when I got engaged, I feel like an old head now. Uh, <laughs> I got I got engaged <laughs> back in my day, you know. Yeah, I got engaged <laughs> in uh, 2015, um, and we got married the same year. Uh, uh -huh. And so, yeah, going on, it's crazy. Going on five years this September uh, will be five years. But uh, I know, like, being... Uh, an entrepreneur um, and being an entrepreneur, at least for me back in that time, like one of the driving things that uh, like I always was thinking about when I was ready was how I felt financially. Right. And I think men in general, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you're a working professional, we oftentimes measure our readiness with our financial stability. Um, so I'm mm -hmm. just curious about like what what let you know that you were ready to finally make that step in terms of going ahead and getting engaged. When I tell you, just hit the nail on the head in so many different ways. Um, yeah, so that was something that I expressed in a conversation that I had had a number of times with um, Guanisha, who was my girlfriend at the time. Um, and it actually got to a point where, you know, I've been, I, I was talking with my parents, um, and she was there as well. And they were kind of just asking, like, because we had been together for over two years, and they all met her. They they loved her, like, and people just people just know, you know, like they know when you found the one. They they when they see you um, around each other and experience like the true love and everything else, like they knew. Mm -hmm. And my dad, like, so when you finally actually get married, when you gonna ask the question? And I was like, well, you know, I don't feel ready, and blah blah blah. He looked at me and said, there, like, there's no ready. You just make a choice. But there's no, there's no magic financial number. There's no, like, mark of maturity. There's no, like, signal of preparedness. It's like a choice, like anything else. Like, you know, if you get a job, you don't say, I'm not ready. You take the money and you start. Different situation, but the same nice. thing applies. You, you make the choice and you get ready, you know? Um, 
my father um, told me, like, you know, they didn't even have marital counseling before getting married. And they were, like, the model of black love to me growing up. You know, they've been together for decades, you know. Um, so, like, that helps me to reframe the fears that I had in my head where it's like, you know, like you, you, you want a, a romance and a partnership that's equally yoked. And up to that point, even we had gotten through a number of pain points and opportunities for growth um, as a team. And, you know, like marriage is just the next thing to be tackled as a team. So that that's when I started putting pieces together in my head and I realized like, how to make the choice. Right, right. Yeah, and that's kind of how it was for me. It's like you keep, you know, men are so logical, right? And we try to, you know, just map it all out and have it all figured out. And once I have this debt paid off and I have this amount in savings and and then, uh-huh. you know, I was glad that I went ahead and finally did it before I was ready because uh, we, you know, just like anything else. I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but, you know, two is better than one. Mm-hmm. And And now, you know, I go back to like when you when you play sports and, you know, when you have that person that you've been playing AU ball with, you know, all these years and then y'all go to the league together. Right. You just had this chemistry. Right. And that's how I feel like, you know, a, a relationship is you just know. Right. And then when you have that person with you, uh, it's a lot easier to, to get things done. I mean, notably, relationships have their challenges for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, I know that I'm better with her than without. So it is. So yeah, I'm just always curious of people's uh, from folks who are engaged or married. Married, like what are the, what were their their thought process at that point? For sure, for sure. Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear how much commonality we had with that thought process and that progression. Yeah, man, for sure, for sure. And so, being that you're a content creator, right? We talked a little bit about that. Um, you know, I know that you have to stay up to date with a lot of current events, right? Like you have to kind of have a pulse on the culture, especially the way your content is, right? Cause it's very culturally thoughtful. Um, so like, how do you like keep up with all that's going on while at the same token, like not be overwhelmed and inundated with all the information, yeah. right? Like what's your, what's your balance there? Um, couple of things. I think honestly, the most important thing is not even like the news itself, meditation. Um, Cause it, it forces me to, to be more aware of myself and understand like when I'm getting sucked into social media or a group chat or whatever else, like there's, there's, there's a space for healthy digestion and staying up to date. Um, typically I'll look at like, I have Google news. Um, so all my favorite media platforms I like to read are on there and I'm trying to strike a balance and look more at that as opposed to just, scrolling Twitter or Instagram and finding what the algorithm deems appropriate for me to watch Mm. or read. Um, So just being, being a conscious consumer, um, I think is really important. Just being, being aware of the benefits and pitfalls of how you receive information. You know, like me being active on Twitter means I probably hear about things at least a week before people who (laughs) are just on Facebook. And (laughs) it's kind of a joke at this point, but it's kind of true. Like we, we get information a lot more quickly, but at the same time, um, I don't want to be on social media all the time. Cause like, it's, it, it's one of many things that can dictate what you think. Um, so I try to like balance that with like, I'm, I'm, I'm reading, I'm back to reading more often. Um, I'm writing, 
I'm like reading articles that I choose to read based on publications I like, and I'm trying to like ignore a lot of the fluff, a lot of the things that just don't pertain to me. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, I because I, me, you know, especially right now, you know, I'm getting a thousand and one questions about um, investing in markets and economy. And I've always, you know, normally stay pretty up to date. So it's not like I don't have a pulse on it, but I'm just trying to strike. That was kind of a selfish question because I'm just trying to strike that balance between, you know, obviously staying up to date on what's necessary. uh, And and there's a lot of moving parts, but not just getting, like you said, sucked in to every, everything that's moving right now. Cause there's so much, especially right now, there's so much information out there. So, Man, it is more nonstop than ever right now. I definitely understand. Yeah, for sure. You know, one one of the things I always say as well is you have to talk to yourself and not listen to yourself, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, I know that you wrote a book. Was it last year, I believe? It was 2018. 2018. Man, time moves. So you wrote a yeah, book I'm in getting... 2018. So you, you, right. you, you, you were author, author. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you wrote All a book. First one, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you wrote a book about affirmations. So tell us about what was the inspiration behind that. And I just think, you know, it's always relevant. But now more than ever, I mean, just reminding yourself, like who you are, right? Reminding yourself mm-hmm. what's important because I mean, when you don't, for a lot of us, even me, I'm a very routine guy. Like I get up early. I like to work out. Um, you know, get my workout in. I read, journal when I can you know, mm-hmm. and then start my business day. And a lot of that, you know, I can still, I'm, I'm trying to modify it to the best of my ability. I, if I'm being honest, it's been, it has been a challenge to adjust. I never thought I'd be the, I tweeted the other day. I was like, wow, I'm really the the workout in front of the TV guy now, right? Like I never <laughs> thought I, I'd be the guy with the hand <laughs> hand weights in front of the TV, but the guy that worked out, but here we are. Um, and so right. I'm, just, I'm just getting adjusted. But I say all that to say, tell us a little bit about your book, your, your thought part process behind like what was the inspiration behind that and how just like having affirmations can be powerful for you. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, I expressed before that I've, I've, I've had an interest in, I would say a talent for writing for most of my life. Uh, one thing about me, I've always known that I like, I want to see what it looks like for the best version of myself to exist. Right. Like I don't want to, I don't want to be some like muted, like watered down, um, minimized version of who I am. But I want to see like how I can like actualize what I'm meant to actually do on this planet. So I knew for a long time that I wanted to write a book. I wanted to write something, something long lasting, you know, because like, you know, social media posts and, you know, even articles and, and, and stuff like that. It comes and it goes. But what if you had a book that I wrote that you could like put on your shelf? You know, like something you could you could hold in your hands and, and read when you need it and serve a specific purpose. Um, so that was my thought. And I was at a point, I had the idea back in like 2017, and I knew that like the affirmations and the encouraging content I was writing on social media like came from an authentic space. Um, and it, it came from like the things that I told myself as I was healing, you know, um, I got expelled from college in 2012. Um, I quit my job before they could fire me, uh, summer 2016. And, you know, stuff like that, it could weigh on your psyche um, for longer than you admit sometimes. So I, I got into 
speaking affirmations to myself as I bounced back from those two experiences. So the book came after, you know, people, people had mentioned that, you know, the things that I had written that helped them in certain spaces. And, you know, I'm a firm believer that you oftentimes get back uh, certain elements of what you put out in the world. Um, not in like the, the instantaneous way, but like the energy you bring, um, the thoughts you put out and whatever you express authentically often. Um, so, you know, I knew that I wanted to write about affirmations. Uh, my book's called Keep It 100. It's my sarcastic take on daily affirmations. Like, it's not like, it's not flowery. It's not fancy. It's not, um, it's not poetic. Um, it, it's, it's the, the same way that I talk. Um, it's a lot of like cartoon references and like, I make fun of J. Cole in one of the, in one of the, um, the pages and stuff like that. Um, but it's, it's the real life things that I have to tell myself in the morning when I don't want to get out of bed or when I'm about to hop on a work call, I don't feel like I'm ready or, you know, just like a number of different life moments when I have to consciously choose optimism over, you know, fear and I have to choose action over stagnation or, you know, whatever else I I know that I need to do. Um, I think a lot. So I had to find ways to talk myself into believing and acting on what I knew was true. So this book is just the real life reflection of that. Um, and it's called Keep It 100. Um, you know, of course, like, I believe strongly in authenticity. Like, I don't believe in putting on a front for anybody or anyone, but especially when it comes to things that I want to share on a bigger platform. Like, these are my authentic thoughts. I also wrote 100 affirmations and I added 100 words per affirmation, you know, for additional context and just to get people more insight into why I said what I said. Got it. God, that's super cool, man. Super Thank cool. You, man. I, um, my goal, and I'm going to still try to stick to it, my goal was to get my first official book um, done this year. And I say official because, you know, to your point, I had the same thoughts. It's like, man, I've written an, a number of, of a blog post I've created I've created courses learning modules you know all sorts of stuff that's valuable but it's just something that about a book that stands the test of time right mm-hmm. um, I'm yeah. in my home office right now and I'm looking at all of the books on my shelf and I'm like my book should be on this shelf right my book should be on somebody else's shelf and so right. my, my goal is to uh, is to complete my book this year so you know I might have to reach out to you offline to kind of get some insight on, on that on that direction because I'm you know, that's the goal. The goal is to get that knocked out and see you, you, you know, successfully use clues. You've already done it. So uh, you might be smiling. I need, I need to connect with on that. Yeah. Let me know. Um, and I was going to say, whether you finish it this year, whenever you do finish it, like, you know, you, you, you finished it. And that's, that's going to be a fire moment for you, man. Let me know in the pre-order. Indeed, my brother. I, I appreciate that. Um, well, as we, uh, as we come to our, I guess our last few questions here, um, amidst all this going on on in the world, what are you still most excited about this year? I'm excited about, I think I've come to peace with what I want to do with my writing in a more solidified way. So I'm excited about manifesting that plan. Um, I'm excited about trying a few new things, um, taking a few calculated risks, and um 
I'm excited just to to be able to continue to follow God's plan, to, to listen more, um, and to grow because of that, and to just be used for a higher purpose. Indeed, that's said perfectly. Um, so I'll be I'll be on the lookout uh, for whatever those things may be. I know they'll be great, um, and and just definitely uh, excited for what you're going to do this year uh, on the other side of this uh, pandemic that we're faced with. Thank, thank. Looking forward to seeing what you come up with too, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it, man. And um, the last question that I always ask all of my guests um, is, what does living life uncensored mean to you? I want to write a whole book on that. Um, <laughs> living, life, living life uncensored. Um, I think that to live life uncensored, um, that strikes me as like a prompt or even an opportunity, right, to to let people in on who you really are, um, regardless of what you think that they want to hear or see from you. Um, and I believe that when you live life uncensored, like that's that's the only way you can really be your true self and then be able to attract the things that are truly meant for your true self. Like that's, that's how you find alignment. Um, so I, I don't think that living an uncensored life just means going off and just being straight ignorant and just saying whatever you feel in the moment. I think it means like being true to who you know you are, uh, which I think is an important distinction. And I think it's really like, it's the only way, it's the only way to live. You know, um, it's, it, it's hard to put on front. It's hard to put on facades. It's hard to, to not be who you actually are. Um, and it's just so much easier if you live uncensored. Um, you know, if you don't edit out the things you don't think people want to hear, um, but instead like embrace your story in full. Um, there's too many folks walking around trying to be polished encyclopedias or inspirational hustling stories or you know like whatever else we think barack obama is <laughs> uh, you know like everybody wants to just be like presidential or a ceo and it's like it's it's okay just be wise it's okay to you know be how you feel be what you actually want to be um so yeah that's that, that's that's my my thought on what it means to live life uncensored in a, in a good way no i man I agree wholeheartedly. I feel like you took the words out of my head. So um, I, I appreciate appreciate you sharing that. I appreciate everything you shared on the show today. Uh, thank you for the, just this uh, light during um, this season. We need as much of that as possible. And uh, for those who may be a little unfamiliar with who you are, obviously after this episode, they know a lot about who you are. But where can they find you? Where's the best place to connect with you? Sure. Um I can be found on all social media platforms, even TikTok. I'm on TikTok with 16 year old kids. Hey. Uh, <laughs> at M I C H E L L C C L A R K. So it's Mikel C. Clark. Don't check a C. Um, and then my website is also Mikel C. Clark.com. So I'm, I'm pretty consistent. Awesome. Even consistent individuals. I saw your uh, your recent feed. I was like, oh, that's his logo. He just switched up the color and kept it consistent. Okay, I see what's going on. I see what he's doing. I see the vision, brother. I see the vision. But nah, man, thanks again for coming on the show. And uh, to all my listeners, until next time. Peace.
Thank you for tuning in to an episode of the Uncensored Show. Take at least one thing you heard today and apply it to your life immediately so that you can become one step closer to living a more meaningful and fulfilling life and aligning your resources to what matters most to you. Remember, money is just a resource to fuel your journey. The question is, what's yours? What's going on, guys? Thank you so much for listening to the Uncensored Podcast. Whether you've listened to one episode or 40 episodes, I am so grateful for you taking any amount of time out of your day to listen to my show. Now, if you like what you heard, the best way to show me that you have an appreciation for this content is to leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and share this podcast with at least three friends because that helps us spread the word, right? We don't have a big marketing budget over here at the Uncensored uh, Podcast Studios, which is my home office, by the way, but we do have your support. And with that support, we can reach thousands, if not hundreds of thousands. So guys, thanks so much uh, for your support. Please share this with three friends and leave a review and we'll see you on the next episode.